0: Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm joined by Kid Moxie, also known as Elena. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm excited to talk to you about your new song and also get to know you a little better. Let's do it. So how long have you been doing music?
1: Well, I've been doing music as Kid Moxie for about 12 years now. I mean, technically, I've been playing music all my life. I started classical piano when I was three, and I just was... I thought I was going to become like a classical pianist uh, through elementary school and stuff and part of junior high. And then I left that to play something a little more aggressive and more in line with my teenage sort of urges at the time. So I started learning the drums and playing the bass and started other people's bands playing more like rock and goth stuff and discovered that I actually want to kind of write my own stuff, sing it myself. And write it myself so I wanted to basically pull a Billy Corgan and do it all on my own (laughs) and uh that's when I was like you know what let me form a band which was basically me um Kid Moxie and that's kind of how it started was after playing all these things for different people I was like I want to do it
0: just by myself now do you agree that because you started with piano the other instruments were easier to learn
1: Yeah, I really absolutely think that's the case. I feel like once you get to know piano, there's an intuitive level of learning that's embedded with learning an instrument like the piano that unlocks other stuff. By no means am I an amazing guitar player. I'm actually a crap guitar player, or I'm not a good bass player. I'm not a good drummer, but I know how to do it. And the coordination part and the understanding on a level that's not notes anymore is just knowing A bit of music was, yeah, it unlocked so
0: many doors. And you must have done that in Greece. You were born in Greece, right? I was born and raised in Athens. Yeah. And
1: all of that up until 18, which is when I left and came over to the States, was all in Greece. But really, I mean, the band stuff and was really here that I started really doing that more.
0: So you came to America to pursue music more professionally or?
1: No, I came to study. Actually, I came to go to college not knowing really where I was going to end up or what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be somewhere in the entertainment business. So I was in bands. I was also acting at the time, dreaming that one day maybe I would do for film and television because that would kind of blend my two big loves, which is film and music, but not really thinking I could do it or I fit the profile of a composer of what I assumed a composer looks and is, I guess, which is usually like a white middle-aged, that's a maestro you know like I wasn't a maestro but I really fantasized about doing music for film and tv and so through Kid Moxie I started doing pop music that's in the cinematic realm which I call cinematic pop and slowly making my way also into composing for film and tv which is what I've been doing for the last couple of years so yeah I guess you don't need to be a maestro you
0: know (laughs) I think that's so cool because especially in this day and age where everybody can make their own playlists I think everybody watches like certain movies or certain shows and goes, ah, like this song would be so great here, but you are actually writing the songs that go there. So how does that work from your perspective to watch something without the music and put it in there?
1: It's really a magical process. I used to say that it's not as freeing because you already have the imagery and you have a director that's telling you what they want. The freedom that creates for me is it takes you to a whole new environment that you wouldn't musically live in on your own. So all of a sudden, somebody's like, go play ball over there. And that creates a whole new freedom and a whole new landscape of sounds and sensations. So I find it fascinating. And it's a very, again, speaking about a little bit of my controlling sort of solo nature, it makes you feel like you have control in a way of of those images because you put a you put a different spin on them you kind of color them in a way that maybe is not or you're bringing a dimension in that's already embedded or you're adding a new dimension that's not even there and that's just a magical thing to to feel
0: so when you're writing your own songs do you ever see like a movie in your head as you're writing them
1: Yeah, you know, I always say that every song is a scene that's already, it's a mini movie in my head. Talking about Shine, for example, I was obviously very much, because for me, Depeche Mode is the holy grail, and I just love them so much. And you can hear it very much in this particular song, probably. At the same time, I was thinking of taking a ride with my best friend as a lyric was stuck in my head. But what if there's a twist to that? What if the two friends which happens to be two girls in this ended up in the backseat of the car. And it gets a little darker and a little more twisted. And that scene kept playing in my head when I was writing the song with Faderhead, who's the co-producer on it um, in Hamburg in Germany. So yes, always there's a scene that translates into lyrics and sounds.
0: So now how do you take the scene that's in your head, and then you make it a song, and then you have a music video that goes with it, but the music video and the scene that was in your head aren't necessarily related? Yeah, you
1: know, I keep thinking the same way. I'm like, it's a linear, non-linear. it's both a linear process, because you have visuals that translate to music that translate back to visuals. So, it's kind of like a circle that gets completed with the video, which for me is one of the most important aspects of making the music to begin with, because it always has to relate back to imagery. So, yeah, I also avoid being literal. That's why probably the videos are not literally me driving with another girl and having sex in the backseat, but it's the essence of role play and domination and the nighttime and sort of feeling like it's just a vortex of time and space and. The very kind of prevalent sexuality, sensuality, and kind of being um, in charge of those aspects of you that I feel the video does promote in its way, which are also in the song and the original visual concept.
0: So your video for Shine kind of plays off of Robert Palmer's iconic Addicted to Love video. Why did you choose that aesthetic? Was it the sensuality, sexuality of the song that kind of brought that to mind? Yeah. And also
1: the visually, I always found it stunning and I kind of wanted to see a more updated version of it. The whole Android, like women with a red lipstick, sort of being very sensual by being very cold in a way was very much stuck in my psyche. It just felt like women kind of playing around with other women. And some of them are dominant. Some of them are learning to be dominant because it's sort of, there's a sort of like quote unquote grooming process that's going on in it between me and the girls. It just felt like a really updated twist to uh, Robert Palmer, who's their ringleader, being, you know, a man. And he's got this four women. And I was like, well, I kind of want to be that, you know, I want to be him.
0: (laughs) Your third album, Better Than Electric, just came out. Can you tell us a little about how this album came together for you?
1: So it's been a work in progress for about. Two and a half, three years, and it really started with those words, better than electric. I started writing the song with Maps, who is an amazing British artist on Mute Records. Um, it's a collaboration between me and him, and he. we started exchanging music back and forth. And when I heard it, and when I added the synths on it, before any lyrics came up, I thought of these words better than electric. And I didn't understand what they meant, but I just loved what it made me feel. At the time, I was in a long-distance relationship, and it kind of felt like, oh, you know, this could be about people being connected without being physically present. Just the whole electricity aspect, me being into neon noir and synthwave kind of started building this uh, puzzle of better-than-electric songs, in a way, that ended up being sort of like a mixtape as a whole of the last two and a half years of my life. And some of the main themes in it is love and sex and... LA, all these things that have really sort of shaped me and dreams really like the fantasy of what we are here to do, how we envision ourselves, how do we get there? There's also a feeling of that it takes, I feel like I'm realizing it takes us so long to become who we are. And through this, I kind of saw myself becoming more and more close to who I feel like I am or want to be or aspire to be at least. So it was basically a collection of songs that accompanied me and have to do with with themes that have been reoccurring in my life and influencing my life in multiple ways.
0: Do you think the pandemic affected any of that writing? Or do you think this was all already inside you before this global thing happened?
1: I think it affected it in the way that it took me. I allowed myself more space and time to do stuff. And maybe on a psyche level that it made all of us go inward even more. It made me personally feel like is even more precious than I thought it was. So why not be as bold as you wanted to be? And I feel like that probably came through. Actually, just as I'm talking to you, I'm realizing this. I haven't thought about it, but I feel like yeah, and in a in a way, it did because it made me be bolder in, general in my life because I felt anybody could go away at any point. So just make your statement now. Don't wait. There's no tomorrow's anymore it's now so yes it did
0: <laughs> because you are from Greece and you've also mentioned working in Germany working with people from Britain you're kind of this worldwide artist right now do you think that growing up outside of the states helps you with those relationships with people from other countries
1: i feel american in so many ways although i am you know i'm not i spent you know, most of my life not being in the States, but I identify with what I consider to be the good America, which is different for these days. So I don't know, because for me, the good American in a way is about connecting cultures, connecting people, and bridging whatever gaps there might be ideologically and geographically. So in a way, I feel more American in that way. But if we take it as a geographic sort of and pinpoint it there, then the fact that I grew up in Europe. Places like Germany and England, for example, don't seem that far away or that, you know, even Athens doesn't seem so sort of mythical to me. And I know it sounds to Americans, Athens, you know, and London and all these places. So I've kind of taken the myth out of it. But weirdly enough, and I might sound really naive, I never took the myth out of L.A. And I never took the myth out of what I came (laughs) <laughs> to become in this country. I sound so old school, you know, I sound, but I am in that way.
0: And you have all these influences in your music, but then during the pandemic, everything kind of shuts down a little bit more. Do you think that you had to rely more on your inner influences than outer influences during that time? I think it's hard to
1: really delineate, like really know where one starts and the other one begins to be honest with you. I feel like, for example, It almost felt like turning the lights off. It's as if the city around you went dark. So you only really, you saw your own light a little bit better because there was no distraction. So in that sense, yeah, I did listen to myself more. So I probably did draw more from just very personal stuff as if the other world didn't exist anymore because it didn't actually for a while, the world did not exist
0: You're a very independent artist. You created a band that was pretty much just you. Is that ever difficult for you? Are there ever times that you're like, I'm just going to scrap this one? Like for
1: songwriting, I pretty much at this point know right away, not right away, but pretty early on if something is going to work or not. And I really go from instinct and what moves me on a gut level. And that comes from a different place than when you later overthink it and you're like, are these lyrics cool enough? What are they going to think of me if I say this? Do I sound simplistic? Do I, do I sound too intricate? If you if you start going into that, how are people going to perceive it? Then I feel like you've lost the gut connection to what you should be doing. So if the gut connection is there, I trust it and I follow it pretty early on. But I do scrap things, but it's pretty
0: fast. So how many songs do you like to have finished before you decide to make an album?
1: You know, I'm not one of those. I have friends that are musicians and they do like 100 songs and pick the best 10. Mm, I mean, I probably did about fifteen songs in Big Eleven because I really delve into, I really believe in them, and it's hard for me to let them go for the most part. And I really go very deep into each one of them. So yeah, I don't really write as much, but when I write, it's it's not longitude; it's latitude that matters in that sense. You know, I just go vertically,
0: (laughs) especially if, you know, pretty early on that you're not into this one. That makes it a lot easier. You don't have to do all the work, write a whole song and then change your mind later. Yeah. If you were a festival booker for Kid Moxie Fest, who would you want to headline besides yourself?
1: Oh, my God. I mean, we did talk about Depeche Mode a minute ago. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, artists like Depeche Mode or Bjork for example, are artists that really shaped my sound and aesthetic. But I also like, for example, Desire, the chromatics, like the very cinematic pop sort of other bands and artists that I recognize. It would be that kind of setup, very sort of cinematic and very immersive.
0: So would the lineup be the same for Kid Moxie Fest and Elena Fest?
1: Yeah, it would, actually. Yeah, I don't really separate... My, are you talking about my composer stuff? I don't really separate that because I feel like it's all cinematic, electronic, uh, maybe not pop, but it's all under the cinematic electronic umbrella. That's pretty immersive. So I don't really distinguish so much between the two.
0: Do you feel like you have a stage persona or is it really just you? The few times that I do shows, because I don't do
1: them often, I think I do portray somebody a little more fearless and a little more unapproachable than I am in real life. <laughs> so in that way, in that sense, yes, but I don't think I put on somebody. I, I don't step into somebody else's shoes entirely.
0: We do a radiothon every year for local animal shelters and rescues. Do you have any pets or have you ever rescued an animal before?
1: Uh, yeah. I grew up with quite a few dogs that my parents rescued and uh, I had a cat. A little while back that in San Francisco, when I was living there for a while that I had rescued me with my then partner. So yes, <laughs> I can't decide between cats or dogs. That's like a never, never ending. Maybe cats,
0: maybe. I don't, I don't think you cats. have to decide between them. I think you can have both. Okay. Yay.
1: Good. Because people make you decide, are you a cat person or a dog person? And I'm like, I, you know.
0: <laughs> that, yeah. That's like asking who your favorite child is. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: What do you think it means to have a pet in your life?
1: You know, I wish I had a pet currently because I feel like it's a very stabilizing force. Like that's how I always perceived it. Like no matter what was going on in my life, you know, hugging your pet when you go home, it's just, it's such a comfort and it's such a stabilizing force that I really miss. And I would, if I wasn't traveling so much, mm-hmm. uh, but I also want to be responsible and not drag a poor pet into my schedule. Yeah. So, <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's a just a beautiful, stabilizing energy
0: that I'm lacking. Thank you so much for joining me today. Anytime. Thank you. We're going to check out Shine by Kid Moxie right now on The Resistance.